right, after a week-long sabbatical, I'm back, and the Wet Down podcast is back. This is episode 26, and uh, we are officially past a quarter century, so uh, I'm sure you guys celebrated that one last week without me, boys. Oh, absolutely, man. It was it was interesting because I got hypnotized. So and so did so did Kevin. We had to oh, like like we have for every episode, we have that one disclaimer. Again, we had to have a disclaimer for um, let's not get hypnotized. Nobody, if you're driving, turn your car off. <laughs> like, you know, just turn your radio down, just do something else and skip for about 10 minutes. So uh, dude, I don't fuck with that shit, dude. I, I don't yeah, fuck, I don't fuck no. with that. Oh, I was really hoping to go into a trance and fall asleep because I, I I I haven't slept in a while. So uh-huh. I was really hoping for it. But uh yeah, my fingers were just getting pushed together. That was pretty much about it. No, yeah, fuck it that, is. dude. Was, Aaron, you were saying Dude, you were saying about like ghosts, how like you don't mess with things that like you can't fight back against. You see, I'm not gonna like if I can't control myself, like I struggle to control myself how it is when I'm fully sentient. I don't need somebody else taking the reins. Absolutely, dude. No, you're 100% right. But I got, I want to say something. We have a friend here in his studio. Everybody, take a peek. I know, I know the people that are sitting here like, who's this guy? Well, but <laughs> look at that studio. He's got. He, this is what we are aspiring to be, guys. So this is going to be a fun episode. We got a uh, Matt Bird here in, in uh, Apex Mindset. Well, thanks for having me. I uh, I wish I was sitting in the Star Wars ship. So <laughs> I know, right? A little Tie Fighter going on here. I feel bad because I always introduce everybody in the first like ten seconds, and I like completely fucked you off, Matt. I apologize. No, you're good. I want to hear about. Yeah, I mean, ghosts and hypnotists and ah, it's fun stuff. Well, the hypnotist was last episode, so you have to listen awesome. to 25 to get that. But it was main. It was mainly the power of the mind and how everything can correlate, how hypnosis works. And it's kind of explained for people that are like, I don't want somebody controlling me, making me do what you see in movies or, you know, um, just the little stuff. It was It was stuff to kind of clarify, like, it's really not all about that. Um, we posted a little short clip about it this week for people to understand yeah. what hypnosis was. So that was they it would kind of clarify whatever answer and give them give them the meaning they need. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so this week, actually earlier today, we're recording on a, on Friday. Uh, this weekend, I'm doing a one credit college credit course. It's a fishing weekend, and uh, yes, I am getting college credit for that just to sit out and do and do what I love. So shout out to Quinnipiac and the uh, American education system for having these one credit classes. You get an A just for taking the fish off the hook yourself. Yeah, dude, yeah. honestly, I was, I was so mad. I, I was struggling the whole day. Uh, and this chick next to me caught one before me. And so I went and she like had no clue what to do with it. She'd never gone fishing before. She just took this class just because she needed one credit to graduate so I, I took it off and i went to hand it to her holding it by the mouth i went to hand it and said hey do you want to take your picture with it and hold it and she like backed up like two steps and was like ah, I, I i think i'll do that with the next one <laughs> you think there's got to be another option for one credit like if you don't oh, know well, there's plenty fish. There's so plenty. like why like she obviously had some other intentions in mind i don't know nah, like, man Whoa, no. it was just yeah, things were full it was things were full dude yeah, cool. That happens all the time. Those like, go up really fast at QU. I mean, they, have a, they, they have a one credit gaming now, so 
Yeah, they have a one credit class, but that's different. That's using a computer system, but they have a one credit class just to go to the top of Sleeping Giant and do a yoga class and then come yeah. and then go down on a Saturday. Do four hours of yoga, you get an A on the mountain, Listen, dude, like me, me sunrise, taking, all that stuff. Me taking a spin class as a one credit class, that's alter, That's alternate motives in mind. They have a uh, golf I think this chick just wanted to, to get her credit and go home. I think so too, man. And Matt is over there just salivating because during the break he talks about how he uses like he's got his little his little fishing spot elaborate on that for us man yeah no we were talking about kind of getting away and some of the downtime thing we do and that's one of mine so i'm excited that uh i can start telling my wife i need to go take my college class um and uh head down to the river <laughs> look it's for my education it is. Dude, i love it it's it's so much fun and it was it was tough today because like it's still cold up here. It's one of those, it's we're in that like brief like transition period oh, between yeah. winter and summer and spring, where like some days it's like 70 and sunny, and other days like today it's like 45 and rainy, and like my fingers are like frozen trying to real trying to cast in. Well, I got a Yo, snow Jesus. alert on my phone. I'm like, what the fuck are we doing with snow? It's <laughs> April. Like, no, are you the- kidding me? I thought we were done with this, and then uh, uh, we didn't get any, but. I mean, the fact that it was below 40 and it's been like 60, it's been kind of nice. If Dookie was here and he wasn't so sick, I, we'd be uh, we'd be hearing, you know, just another one on the list there of things I told you that you were going to hate about it here. Just going to cross that one off. Just another check. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I was like, get ready, dude. You're going to think it's going to be 60 degrees for two weeks straight. It's going to feel great. And then we're going to have an ice storm and two and four inches of snow mm-hmm. right before it's going to be 60 degrees the next day. <laughs> that's pretty much how it works. I, I don't i don't hate it i mean being from california i don't really get to experience snow i just oh, think yeah. it's a little bit crazy to me that you know there is snow in april but i mean it is what it is i'm gonna go golfing tomorrow so the weather will be nice tomorrow so the greens will be nice and wet and ready to go for me kevin you big nice. fisher you like to fish, uh too? yeah i'd like to fish that's uh usually go with a group because mm-hmm. it's just better to get drunk with a group of friends See, than I like- on your boat I like to go by myself and just like kind of relax. I'll put my headphones in. I'll wade yeah. in up to my knees, and I just like to fuck off. Like I'll go once or twice a week a after work. Sneak up behind you, and you can't hear it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. No, I have my I have a whole bunch of different spots on our on our lake. I'll take the kayak out. I'll take my buddies out. We'll spend the whole day just fishing. It's awesome. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. Uh, the spot I go at the river. Uh, sometimes I'll go in the evening and stay till dark. Once a beaver scared the shit out of me. <laughs> you don't mess with those, man. Those things will take you out. I was you like, I, I didn't know what it was. I just heard it and I ended up seeing it was a beaver, but I was like, what the hell was that? <laughs> Dude, we were. We yeah, were all we were it fishing. takes is a little bit of rattling in the bushes and you start freaking out. We were oh. standing on the banks today of the, the pond or, or whatever, where we were reservoir, we were fishing and it was kind of like a U shape or whatever uh, we're, where we were. And so there's a kid like maybe like 40 yards to my three o'clock and we're, uh, we're both fishing in the pond in front of us. And all of a sudden he's like, looking, he's looking at me and he's doing, he's doing one of these. I'm like, the hell are you talking? What? And I don't know what he's talking about. And I like put my rod down and I turn around and literally maybe 70 yards behind me, there's 10 white tails like just staring at us <laughs> which was pretty cool i mean i'm that's cool i'm from a little town in upstate new york so i've seen deer before but 
yeah. to see him that close, especially when we're making all that noise, was pretty. Yeah, pretty if I funny. saw that, I thought I'd, I'd probably think I'm in some fucking Disney movie. Oh <laughs> man, you guys would have loved to come visit in one of my old houses. It was like they used to come right up to my kitchen window because of the way our cottage was set up and where we were at, where we lived in the country, it was, they'd walk right up to the window and they'd eat the flowers or eat the strawberries. It'd be the, the people that lived there before us put strawberry bushes over there and they would eat what just anything that was along the side and it, anything that fell down. We always had fawns come up and everything. It was really well, cool. Dude, that's, that's how you know the difference. That, that's how you knew that the ones that we saw today were city deer because like they'll walk right up to you. They're not scared. They're they ain't scared of shit. They'll walk yeah. right up to you where like back where I live, like there's a deer out in your backyard. You crack the door open, you open a window and they're, woo, they're gone, dude. <laughs> See, that's the difference though. That's the difference. See, California, you had to grow up fishing in docks, piers, you know, stuff like that with sand. And, you know, the closest thing you have to worry about is maybe a bum or a homeless person coming up to you that's asking you for change. That's the difference. You don't worry about, dude. You don't worry about deer. You worry about a homeless guy or some weird thing happening to you. But dude, I'd rather I mean, I'd rather it's take two different worlds. I'd rather take a black bear than a messed up homeless dude. That's for sure. That's that's true. There's been Isn't that the same more. thing. I think those pictures are the same thing, dude. To be honest, <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> well, dude, at, least, at least with dude, at least with a black bear, you can scare it away by yelling and making yourself big and making a lot of noise. You're probably they're that's opportunists. Just, that's just gonna <laughs> piss off the homeless, dude. Yeah, but they're opportunists. Like they're that's what they do. They go after the easy stuff. <laughs> uh, PCH Seventh Street in Long Beach at Seven Eleven homeless man asked someone for change did not give it to him and then the homeless man lit the car on fire and killed him oh jeez it's, it's all over the news you could probably still look it up oh, if you want to fact check that but yeah so it's I'll, I'll take damn, word. Dude. oh that, that went that went deadpool really quickly <laughs> dude i mean I, that just went, was, that went that we just went from pg-13 to fuck you man, <laughs> there was sorry, no though, upper, like, there was so no in between there guys i'm sorry for some we're not homeless getting people man they could be they could be they could be dicks i mean i've had a guy where i've offered him food before and he threw it right back at me and i'm like what the fuck do you want like do you, you know it's like you want beer just tell me you want beer like hey man i want some beer all right sure i'll buy you beer no problem I'd rather have a homeless a person be straightforward than lie and say he's hungry and needs like needs money. But if he's just going to go buy drugs or whatever, like, okay, do whatever you want to do, bro. But if you want help, just let me know. You hear that, bums? Follow Kevin around and just ask for beer. I'll buy it for you. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, Kevin's got beer money, drug money, rent money, whatever you need. It's that, that Dogecoin, boys. It's that Dogecoin. That's what it is. <laughs> Kevin, I, Kevin, I got your buddy right here next to me. Oh, there you go. Yeah, your buddy uh, Ophelia. Keep for, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, it reminds me of necrophilia. That's weird. Jesus, Darth Vader's like behind him, dude. I don't yeah. like it. Darth Vader's behind him, man. So it's no big deal. <laughs> yeah, you, you got you got Vader like right here on my screen. I don't know. I'm, I'm probably pointing on top of Matt's head. Yeah, no, he's he's right here too. No, I'm pointing right on top of Kevin. So there. Oh yeah, is. so was just I. For kind of everybody's uh, just figure out where we were out where we are here. Matt's to are, this side. <laughs> oh my God, we are we are not high. No. Just getting off the rails. <laughs> oh, no, but I mean, it's it, honesty. <laughs> that's what it's about. That's yeah. what it's about, man. It has nothing to do with if you want drugs or anything. But if you if, just be honest, that's all. Yeah. No, all right. Kevin, I was saying how we're talking. We went from talking about homeless <laughs> dudes to now we're figuring out who's where on the screen. 
It's the bush oh, light man. after a while, man. That's I mean, if they can't line. figure this that out first, by now. This is my first beer of the day, so it's definitely not the bush lights. Oh, okay. If they can't figure out whose mouse are moving, then I don't know. Maybe they just can't see it all. But then at that point, just listen to it on Spotify or iTunes. Yeah, that's where we I mean, what the fuck are anyway. you talking about? I don't know. Huh? He doesn't know what, what he's are talking, you talking about. about? You're, you're, you're With saying... that, bring us out. Right. Just yeah, bring right. us into Matt. <laughs> Matt's was... going to be the one that saves the show. <laughs> For us yeah, this pe- week. People are sitting in their cars <laughs> screaming. All right. With, with that, we'll we'll limp into the break. We'll be back in a minute. You are listening to the Wet Down Podcast, episode 26 with Matthew Bird. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Raise Marketing. Raise is a full-service digital marketing agency. So if your business needs a fully functional e-commerce website to enable you to start selling online immediately, these are the guys for you. This is your one-stop shop for everything you need. They're the experts that you want on your team. Why? Because they have a proven track record and know what it takes to be successful. Look, if you want to get serious with your business selling online immediately, these are the guys to do it with. They also have a team full of creatives for all of your logo, graphics, and product design needs. Don't waste any more time and visit raisemarketing.com. That's www.raisemarketing.com. Help them help you raise the bar. All right, let's see if we can recover from uh, the last two minutes of the first half there. But uh, we're back with Matt Bird. Matt, welcome, dude, of Apex Mindset. Thank you. And Nexus. Nexus 3D Consulting. And Reality Capture Network. I got a few things going on. I want to hear all about it, as I'm sure everyone else does. But please, I know uh, it's become a tradition at this point. I say this every episode, but tell us your story. You can start as early as you want we preferably you start at birth and work your way up but you can start wherever you'd like sweet yeah well we'll start digging in then i'll try to keep uh keep it to some of the main points but it was a good surveying pun digging in there you go (laughs) unintentional unintentional getting started already (laughs) all right so let's see we'll take it back to uh yes i was born so we'll start there uh, <laughs> grew oh up, God. grew up in, uh, central California in the lovely area of Bakersfield and, uh, also grew up in the oh, mount- Haggard, baby. mountains surrounding there. Yep. So, uh, grew up in Bakersfield, moved a lot in a small area, uh, as a kid, um, just for jobs and other things that my dad was moving around to. And, I have uh, I've been homeschooled actually since I was in uh, first grade all the way through high school, so there's a there's one one thing for you. Um, I had no clue. Yeah, None. you know, you know when it comes to the homeschooling thing, I always say two things. There's like there's people who were homeschooled, and then there's homeschoolers, and. Uh, you know, yeah. everyone has the stereotypes of, uh, yep. you know, we don't all wear overalls. We don't all not know how to talk to people. You know, my, my homeschooling really allowed me to do a lot of things that even other people couldn't do. Um, I did a lot of sports. Even when I was in high school, I ended up touring in a band, like it, all kinds of fun stuff. Um, what was the reason behind your homeschooling? Uh, you know, I don't know the initial reason. You I don't think mind it was, me asking. Uh, yeah. You know, my, uh, my assumption, obviously being, it started in first grade. I didn't really have the high level discussion with the parents of why. Um, I think it was uh, 
you know, I think it was just a decision they made, you know, when, when you look at having to have two people work or the kid, you know, once you have a couple kids, even same reason that we're deciding to do it for our kids is, you know, the, you know, the effort that it takes to deal with childcare and, and all those different things. So, you know, we, we started homeschooling at a young age, um, lived in the mountains for part of my life and back and forth between the city. Um, you know, the thing that I really loved doing when I was younger was sports. I was, I was all in from, I don't even know how old, maybe, maybe 10 or so. Um, Let me guess, start- baseball? Mm, I did play baseball. That uh, a very my, baseball name. My, uh, my main sport was football. And, okay. uh, and I played for several years from just younger youth clubs up into high school, um, uh, once I got into high school, I also started playing ice hockey local in okay. Bakersfield there, loved it. Um, and I was super athletic. Uh, I think it was the, it was the one thing that I found really co- let me combine the competitive nature and mm-hmm. also put all the, you know, young boy energy I had into something. And so, you know, I was, I was probably the wild kid. I, uh, when I was, I think I was maybe 15 or so, I was the one who took the risk and went bungee jumping at the fair. And, you know, I've always wanted to go skydiving. Like I was really into like risky things, thrill. I got into dirt biking. And so sports was the first thing where, you know, it let me apply that energy, but also in a way that I could win at something. And, you know, I was, I was just all in on sports. Um, and up through, uh, up through in, into high school. Um, July is when July of 2007 is when I had a major car accident that kind of ended my pursuit of sports. Um, I assumed at that point that I was going to do sports the rest of my life. I thought I'd go to college for it. Um, just because I was, I mean, I was always the fastest on the team. I was the quarterback in football and the running back. And I mean, multiple defensive positions, ice hockey. I was the fastest I was, you know, and I hadn't even played that long. I was just really naturally inclined to any sport I I got into. Um, and I, I call it the jackpot date. My car accident was on the date seven, seven Oh seven. So there's a, a lucky one for you. And, uh, it was actually, it was on the weekend. It was on a Saturday. I had just, I, I think the night before I was down actually doing hockey and my parents lived up in the mountains still. And so I was heading up the mountain road and I woke up stuck in my car after impact. I don't, I don't have memory of how it happened. Um, but I was driving a PT cruiser, which I was handed down nice, small car. What is a, what, cause that's really like always like baffling me. People say they don't remember the whole accident. What is the, what's the last thing you remember about that? Yeah. So I'll tell you a little bit about the accident itself and the story, but, um, you know, I, I remember driving up the mountain road and then I woke up stuck in my car after impact. So as far as like how or what, or whose fault, anything like that, I had no idea. Um, but it was, I was in a PT cruiser, the lady that hit, we hit each other actually just still don't know honestly how it happened. Uh, so there's nobody at fault, but um, 
you know, she was in a F-250 truck. Um, so I, I got the smaller end of the stick. Uh, PT Cruiser doesn't have a whole lot of front end on it. So not something you want to hit on a head-on car accident at about 40, 50 miles an hour. It's the PT um, loser, dude. That's what it stood for. Yeah. Lost everywhere in the safety world, sales world, everywhere. Didn't do what you it You know, was and to. At, at the same time, people are like, hey, look, you're still <clears> here. So I guess, you know, whatever it worked finger of god (laughs) finger of god if you look at the picture you won't be able to know what car it was i actually have it on my instagram i posted it recently um but head-on car accident so i woke up and i was completely stuck in in my car like couldn't move anything at that point i knew oh man this is this is major like the truck and the the car hit head-on so my entire left side of my body the car was just completely smashed on me. And uh, even just the story and the accident itself is like, there's so many miracle moments of, um, you know, the car and the truck were stuck together after that impact. And it was on a mountain road where there's not a lot of traffic. I mean, we could have been, nobody came or somebody arrived. There was no cell phone service where it happened. So uh, luckily the first person that arrived to the scene was like a rancher who had a truck just so happened to have a truck and just so happened to have a chain in the back of his truck. And he ended up, you know, kind of assessing the situation, got the lady out of her truck and her truck caught fire. And I was completely stuck in my car. The, the, it was so smashed. There was no way to get me out of it. So thankfully the dude had a chain and could pull my car away from the truck. So I didn't just get cooked there. (laughs) so the chance that guy arrived when he did and and was able to move my car that was just crazy and uh they ended up getting the fire department there it took a crew of several people jaws of life like they couldn't even get my car cut apart to get me out of my door they had to take the seats out and pull me out the back it took two hours uh my lungs collapsed like it was I, i broke everything on the left side of my body from my collarbone elbow ribs, hip, my femur, my knee, just everything. Um, got airlifted to the hospital where I spent the next two months, uh, really in 13 surgeries, um, ended up getting screws in my hip and my elbow and my knee. And so that, uh, ended my sports career, (laughs) uh, you know, from that point forward, like I was in a wheelchair for a while, I had to, you know, I was on basically on bed rest for several months, had to then go to crutches and therapy and just started this whole new journey. So that's like the biggest changing event that happened when I was younger. And that, you know, that moment took away what I loved doing and what I thought I was going to continue to do. And obviously I think in, in that scenario, most people would probably go through a little bit of like lost you know, and depression. And like, I didn't even know what to do anymore. I, I was stuck at home. I couldn't do much activity. So I got into playing some games and, you know, I could still play some music. Um, and one day my mom, uh, came home with a flyer cause I enjoyed playing music. That was kind of my second passion. And she came home with a flyer and was like, Hey, look, I found this, this band is looking for a bassist. Maybe you could go try out for them. And <laughs> I was like, Hmm. I, I don't know. What were you, Fieldy's replacement? You're in Bakersfield, right? Mm-hmm. Gonna be, you're going to go work oh, for Bakersfield, corn? Bakersfield sound, dude. 
go yeah. be fieldy go be fieldy's uh fieldy's replacement right there it was uh it was a band it was a dark melodic rock band their name was procella and the uh they were very much like tool <laughs> that was who they were inspired by and uh i wasn't really a bassist like i i sing and play acoustic mainly but if you can play guitar you can kind of pick up bass it's it's a little bit simple um and so I was like, you know what? I'll try it. Like I looked them up and I loved their music. I was like, this seems cool. They have a tour planned and they're looking to replace the bassist who has to drop out. And so I went and tried out and ended up making it. Um, and that was like a then complete change. I mean, I wasn't pursuing music. I wasn't doing anything with it, but um, getting, you know, chosen to kind of join them. Uh, we bought we bought gear um, and I started practicing and learning all their songs. And we went on a 25 state tour uh, playing festivals and shows. And so it was like from nothing in music into this, you know, the touring experience really fast. Even the rock star life. It was, it was crazy. And uh, one do you have unique... any cool, do you have any cool like tour stories? Oh man. Like the groupies, the girls. Oh God, that stuff, <laughs> that stuff stays. That's like Vegas stories, man. It stays there. We don't talk about that. <laughs> oh man. Well, one, one thing that was unique, uh, which isn't quite like that type of story, but, uh, our tour bus was run off of vegetable oil. That was a pretty unique Very green. thing. It was uh, not. Was and Tommy Chong driving? <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't. But it uh, it was actually, you know, when you start out in music and even the band, this band, you know, it wasn't until you make it big, you're trying to save money and spread your name. And, you know, so it was actually a thing that just saved money. It wasn't a it wasn't even really a specifically about a green effort, but you know, you people who do that with vehicles, you can get used vegetable oil from restaurants and you end up filling your tanks and you run your vehicle off them. So it was like we, after, after events, we'd go like find restaurants and filter oil and put it in the car oh, and waffle house 3am yeah, people. Like, exactly. Hey guys, you guys got a fresh <laughs> batch of potatoes that just got done for that drunk crew that just came from my show. So I need it for my gas. Exactly. Right? After we get done eating there, of course. Um, so I, you know, I, I, I transitioned from like sports and that was really where I used to apply all my time and my passion. And I loved it into then music, but that was in 2008. So after we got back from that tour, you know, I, my parents had all kinds of medical bills from my car accident and the economy was down and, I was like, you know, I think I need to even call it and I need to just start working because, you know, I can't, I can't just be on the road and like trying to find ways to make other money and they are back there yeah. with expenses and just the economy. So then I had to kind of stop the music side. And that's when I transitioned to working uh, in the family business in the land surveying industry. And, you know, at that point, I didn't have anything that I loved doing. Like I lost the ability to do sports. I lost the music. And now I was just like, I just have to work just to make money. And, you know, I became that person that wanted to just show up. I, so at the time I was 19. So all this happened between 16 and 19. Um, 
So I just started working and I really, I didn't love what I did. I just wanted to come in, do the bare minimum, you know, maybe even fudge my hours to try to get some extra money, you know, wanted to leave early. Like I, I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. So I didn't put passion into it at all. And, you know, I spent, I spent a couple of years kind of even doing the partying thing and, um, ended up meeting my wife, uh, actually during that time frame between 18 and 19, um, and we got married pretty young. We were, we were 18 and 19. Um, and at that point, like, you know, I came from a family of, of eight kids. I was the second oldest and, you know, I always knew that I wanted a family and, and once I got married and I knew like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, yes, I'm getting older. I'm still young, but even, even at 19, I was like, okay, like I got to change something here. I can't, I can't be living to just barely work and try to make the, you know, do the bare minimum and, you know, just party and drink and whatever. Like, what is, what is this going to do for me? The and pay so bills and die, the pay yeah. bills and die attitude. That's all it is right there. And it's just, it's, there's nothing like, there's nothing to go for if that's your mindset and what completely changed for me was, and I think there was a little bit of luck in there. And then there was, uh, the, the, the figuring out how to take the passion for something that you like love doing and figuring out how to like harness that and put it into everything you do. So, you know, the part that I say would be lucky is I was working in the surveying and, and in the engineering world. And I didn't love that work. The part that I would say was lucky was, we found out about this new cooler 3d technology that fits into that industry and to that company. And being the younger guy, I was good with technology. I picked up stuff quickly. So I was told like, Hey, why don't you be the person who like looks into this technology and, you know, figure out if we can use it and how, and that was when I, you know, all in combination with knowing, like, I need to, I need to change something. I need to find a way to improve my career and I want to apply my passion to something. And then also kind of finding that technology, that was something I got excited about. That's what let me easily kind of push that passion into it. So instead of being the person who showed up to work late and just fudging time cards, like now I became the person who I wanted to play with it more. I was excited about learning how to implement it. I came into work early. You know, I studied at home on my own. I started researching the internet as soon as I started putting in that additional effort, that's what completely changed my career over the next couple of years. I, I went from being that bottom level person to now I'm the guy who knows how to do this new service. I started doing networking on LinkedIn. I was looking up conferences to go to. So now I took myself from this position of the guy who came and sat at the computer doing this little bit of technical work to I'm meeting people. I'm finding the work. I'm figuring out how to apply this technology to an industry that they didn't even know how to do it yet. So I really became the leader of what I was doing just by putting that additional passion into it. That's the initiative, man. Like that's the, you recognized a moment where you're, 
somebody gave you that inch of creativity mm-hmm. and you ran with it. You, you balled that bitch up and you ran with it. That's a smart yep. thing to do. Like not many, not many employers would let someone do that. There's a lot of people that are control freaks when it comes to oh, that. Yeah. They're, they're micromanaging. Like you're lucky that, that you had that opportunity because there's so many times where people can have that and they get shot down because yep. they don't see past the first two steps that you're trying to explain are there, but they got to see past those first two big steps. Yep. You know, um, somebody, somebody mentioned last night that, you know, a, a good leader is somebody that will put their back on the line and, and kind of just bust their head through the wall first and be like, look, see, I stuck my head here. I didn't die. It's your turn. You know, that was the, that was the, that, that was a good way to do it. And, you know, cheers yeah. to you dude for running with that because, especially at a younger age that not there's that's the that's the one time you say good initiative good judgment because there's usually good initiative bad judgment follows that sentence so great job man yeah well thank you i mean remarkable keep going yeah yeah i mean it it was once i did that for the first time and i got passionate about it it's it's never stopped since and that's what's taken me from and, and you you talk about you know um, someone giving you the opportunity. I was given the opportunity for that first step of like, take this and kind of run with it internally. But then I felt like I hit a wall and, you know, I loved the employer I worked for, but at the same time, there were things that I wasn't able to do. I kind of disagreed with, et cetera. Um, and I started feeling like, look, I'm doing all this extra work now, but I feel like I'm not being, you know, valued for it or compensated for it or whatever the case was. And, as I started putting that passion into the work I did and the people I, I interacted with, the clients, the partners, the whatever, I ended up uh, getting job offers from other people that were much more than I was making. So, you know, by treating people well and putting a big focus on customer service, that was the next thing that really made a difference for me because now one of my clients ended up hiring me and I ended up kind of doing two different companies. So I went from, you know, from the age of 19 to the age of 24, I changed three companies and I went from making $13 an hour to a six figure salary. And it was just in that short journey, you know, three years or something, no college degree. No, it was literally just by really applying myself really taking the initiative to learn extra, apply more, you know, not, not even just with whatever my job title was, but I was like, how can I find ways for this to make more money for the company? How can I even expand further? So I started my entrepreneurship journey while in another company, you know, an an entrepreneur, that is an entrepreneur that is taking the initial initiative to do extra, even yeah. if initially you're not compensated for it. it your and your side hustle turned into your main hustle. Man. Yep. So I, I started it within the company. And when I made the switch from a small business to the corporation, you know, they made a special title for me. I was 3D services manager. I had a six figure salary, but I went from a small business to this big corporation and I was so passionate. I wanted to move so fast that then that was the first time working for a major firm who had 30,000 employees and, you know, all of these procedures and legal divisions and all this stuff. And so 10 months in to a, 
a dream job, making the most money I made 10 months in, I was like, you know what? I hate this. <laughs> like I'm banging my head against a wall. They won't let me make these moves. I feel like we need to make, I I'm showing the initiative. They hired me to do this and then they put handcuffs on me. And so that was when I was like, you know what? I think I could do this on my own. And that was the first time I had ever thought I would start my own business or start on my own. So I had no business plan. I had no business background. I never took a class on how to do business. I didn't have a savings account. I had nothing. I ended up talking to my wife about it. I was like, I think I could do this on my own. I already have the clients. I built the relationships. People like the work. And, you know, most people at that point would be like, all right, well, let's start planning for this. Let's make a business plan. Let's find some funding. Two weeks later, I went in and handed in my resignation and uh, I quit my job. <laughs> I had, I had the best nothing. Way to do it, dude. That's, that's the best thing to do. You know, if you would have left yourself a lifeboat, I think, I think it was the Vikings that did that shit when they went to England. I think the first time Ragnar went to England, man, Ragnar Lothbrok. When he, when he did that, they burned the ships so you couldn't leave. Uh, mm. John Maxwell talks about that. I think it was mentioned by Napoleon Hill, you know, in Think and Grow Rich. You know, if you give yourself a lifeboat, mm -hmm. yeah, you're not going to, you're going to, you're going to always know it's there. So if you're real, are you really all in or are you not? You yep. know, I mean, there's the saying, uh, the best teachers in life are the empty wallet, a broken heart and, you know, and a hungry stomach. Like you, you've, those are the best three lessons you can learn and, figure out what you want in life. Yeah. And you know, you got I, it, dude. <laughs> when I, when I took that first leap, you know, if I was looking back, there are some things I would coach myself to do differently. I mean, I had a third kid on the way already. I had a third kid on the way. I had no savings and I quit my job. That's a pretty risky move. Like I, if I was to go back, I probably would be like, okay, work it out for another six months, start putting some money aside, you know, you, you know, I would, I would have done a little bit of planning, I think, but at the same time, but you would know, it, have it helped worked. you here, but would it have helped you here though? That's yeah. the thing. It worked. You didn't do it then, but if you would have, when people save, you know, that whole really, really quickly, man, like you think, what would you tell your younger self? You would go do this sooner, go do that sooner. Yeah. I don't think you would because there's a reason you did things the way you did. It's because you just weren't ready. Like yeah. maybe you weren't ready for something and you just needed that wake up call. I never want to work for another person ever again. We're working really hard for all of us to make sure that that never happens yeah. right now. That's what this is all about. And that's why you're here because you're a hell of an example for these people. I mean, well, thank I pay you. attention to what you're doing, Matt. There's you're gonna, you're, you're giving people what they need to know. That's it, it, true. You can do this shit. We're oh, yeah. the same age. And I look like I'm so much older than you because of all the shitty stress I caused myself. You well, know, my, my hair's gone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am. I, yeah, I lost, I lost it up here and I haven't grown it here yet. So <laughs> I'm in this in-between phase here, <laughs> but Matt. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, go no, ahead, go pivot. ahead. Yeah. I was no, going to pivot. I was going to pivot the conversation because you own a um, surveying company and a lot of people think that's like really mundane or whatever, but I'm kind of, I think it's kind of cool. Like, and we were talking about this in the break, how you see the guys staring through their little telescope or whatever for yeah. 20 minutes. A, can you like uh, explain it a little bit uh, for people? Yeah. And maybe people can, will come to the conclusion that it is boring to yeah. them, but I'm fascinated in those little like mundane things. And also 
a little bit more detailed. When you're staring through that damn telescope for 20 minutes, what the hell are you looking at? Can you look at it <laughs> once? Can you say once? All right, yep, that's it. You call it a day. No, it's, a, it's a little, what is it, a kaleidoscope in there? He's just sliding it's not over. A pretty colors, <laughs> man. Pretty colors. No, I'm just kidding. Well, it was oh, the man. thing when we were young with like the different pictures. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The little the camera picture piece, yeah. changes each time. Yep. Yep. The, the yeah. Chippendale one. That's what I had. <laughs> Good old days. Yeah. So take us through because like I, I love those little like seemingly mundane things. Yeah. So, so, so interesting to me. The, uh, so the business I started when I quit my corporate job and I started working for myself, it was a portion of the technology we used in surveying. It was called 3D laser scanning. And the, the purpose of this technology is we take it out to uh, architectural jobs or engineering jobs, oil and gas facilities. And this piece of technology creates a 3D replica of whatever it is that we scan and brings it back into the software that engineers use. So it almost creates like a virtual data set that people can measure from. And it, it's important for a lot of industries because when they get into designing things and building things, they have to know really accurate, precise measurements. And before this technology comes out or came out, it was always a guy out there with a tape measure pulling one thing at a time. And so when I first started, my focus was on the new technology because that was the thing that I ran with and really built. But as we went with it, land surveying is actually a part of the, the you know, journey of this technology. And so just in the last couple of years, we actually uh, started up a land surveying division. So when you're talking about, you see the guys out on the side of the road, looking through, you know, land surveying is used to determine property lines and boundaries and, you know, who owns what area and if any construction job, when they go to build something, a surveyor is the one who actually goes out and puts nails in the ground and these stakes that they ride on and stuff. You'll see those. That's actually telling the builder where to build something based on what the engineers and the designers did. So the surveyors are involved with that building process, telling everybody like, here's the corner of the building, or here's where the concrete goes, or here's how low you need to cut the dirt because the concrete's going to, you know, they're really involved with that whole process. So when you see guys looking through that, they're, they're using those instruments to be tied into a control system and then lay out those points on the ground. Um, that's so typically that why you see a bunch of X's written on the asphalt. Yeah. Like usually we... with spray paint or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Usually people you'll see X's or you'll see nails on the ground or something. And that's where they set their equipment up over. So it knows that point. And then they'll, they'll do, they'll do additional ones for kind of layout and stuff. Yep. So yep. you were saying that, and again, I don't, what, what is that? What is it called? Cause I keep calling it a telescope. I know a I probably all, all, the, all the people in your industry are screaming. That's all good. Most people don't know what surveying is. So the, the name typically, when you see someone looking through that, it's called a total station. Uh, and you were saying that's, that's the boring part. What are some of the other cool toys you guys get to play with? So that is the, that's kind of the conventional side of surveying, but the cooler, newer stuff that we're doing, um, is really the 3d mapping side. We're using drones. We're, we're recreating digital replicas of certain sites and taking them into like virtual reality for training and for designers. Um, so it's really taking the, the designer world, the architectural, the engineering world that is typically, you know, kind of 2D and boring and turning it into 3D graphics into more of a gamification of the industry. 
Um, so there's a lot of cool stuff going on in the industry. And uh, it's something that actually helps get younger people into this industry too, because it's not, you know, prior to bringing some of this in, it wasn't a super attractive, mm -hmm. like, oh, I really want to go do that. Um, but now seeing like, uh, you know, we're working with forensic projects and we're doing 3D animations and, you know, it's actually pretty cool stuff. Um, so that's still my main business. Now, the next part of the next part of my journey over, and this is just in the last two years or so, um, during 2020, we had some, you know, a little bit of downtime. We were still busy with mapping projects and stuff, but we um, actually, I'll even rewind a little more. Over the last five years that we've been in business, I've been very active on building out a community. I've always gone to some conferences, really big on meeting people and, and keeping contacts. And the one place that I really kept all those was LinkedIn. And, uh, and a lot of people don't know what LinkedIn is for. They're like, oh, I'm not looking for a job or, or whatever. Can't stand I, I hate love it. LinkedIn. <laughs> maybe that's just like the, maybe that's just the business major part of me. I know Aaron, you're a business major too. I love LinkedIn. I go in at I least don't. once a week and browse it. I check out my profile, see if I need to change anything. I love LinkedIn. So I'll say LinkedIn is what allowed me to build my business. I'll, I like almost hands down because over, over the last 10 years, as I worked in the survey firm, as I worked in the corporation, I always was on LinkedIn. I was connecting with the people I worked with. I connected from conferences. So by the time I was ready to start my own business, I had 20,000 contacts in my LinkedIn who worked in the same industry that were past clients that were. So now as I start marketing, Hey, I started a new business. These are the services I'm doing. Boom. People knew me. They liked me. They liked my customer service. They liked my leadership, et cetera. So I instantly had business because of that process. And then it's continued to be the one place that I really build out. It's, it's one of the best business development tools. If you're looking to connect with a certain company, a certain industry, you can go on there and search for those people. So throughout that process, even to current, I really built out my LinkedIn. I have about 30,000 you know, people in a community there. And so last year, I decided we, we would start our first podcast. And I didn't know anything about podcasting. Um, you know, five years ago, when I started in entrepreneurship, when I took that first leap, I didn't know, I didn't follow anybody. I didn't watch podcasts. I didn't know who Gary Vee was. I didn't know Grant Cardone. Like I didn't know any of the big entrepreneurs. I didn't, I didn't really find them and start following and, and watching and listening until I was already in the journey. But it's also what then kind of lit like, oh, like I'm already, I already have that mindset. Oh, I'm already 10 Xing. Like I'm putting massive action. I'm you know, I, I already saw that I was doing those things. I was already on LinkedIn trying to be, you know, so I started seeing that I was already on this right journey, but then it let me start figuring out, oh, there's a lot of people out there sharing information about this. Um, so last year during 2020, I was like, you know what? I see a lot of the podcasting side. I, I understand the exposure side because LinkedIn has helped me a lot. So we said, look, we're going to create our first podcast and it's called Reality Capture Network. We're still doing it. And the reason we decided to start it was in our industry, in the engineering construction world, like there's not a lot of people that are big on marketing. There is no Gary Vee or Grant Cardone in construction and engineering and technology. Like it's just not there. And one of the biggest issues is the lack of education on how our technology can help people. So I was like, look, 
we're going to do a podcast. We're going to interview people in our industry. We're going to talk about the technology. It's going to be a way to start getting this discussion going and start educating people. And, you know, that was my first kickoff into, into a podcast and, you know, we're still doing it. We've done, I don't know, not a ton, but maybe 20 or 30 episodes. And, and now we're looking at growing that into a larger community, putting on our own conferences, you know, continuing to educate people. And it's become a, a really awesome platform. And Your own in-home marketing platform. It, it, really? It's everything. It is. It, it educates the industry. And then that ends up building people, you know, letting companies understand how they can use the technology we use. And mm -hmm. the other thing that's been really good for us in business and just the mindset I went in with is I don't have any competitors. I, I, I collaborate with everybody. Like most, you know, when I first started out, everybody that hired me was technically would have been a competitor, but I was always so open, like, look, I'm not going to go steal your clients. I'm not going to, you know, stab you in the back. Like I'm a, I'm, I'm just here to support. Like if yeah. you, if you need extra help, I'll come help you with what you do. If there's a portion you don't do that, maybe I do, I'll fill that gap. And that's how we've continued in business because there's so many portions to the services we do. So I always am just trying to be the support company of like, look, let us fill the gap that you don't do or, and so you know, being open and collaborative versus trying to keep everything to ourselves and be, you know, competitive has been a big part of our, our game as well. Yeah. And it's the collaboration, man, is a huge thing. I mean, we're right around the same amount of, same amount of episodes as you, you know, yep. we, you just, we just keep showing up. We talk, we get these random things, but now like you build, it's the importance of building your community is, is huge yeah. and you already had it your linkedin's transitioned you it, you're you're I, i'm curious to know more of your analytics we should definitely sit down and talk one day we're not going to get into it on this episode yeah maybe sure the second one of just what it's like to look and see um you know people are you know people stay tuned because he's going to give out how you can get a hold of him too because i'm sure he there would love to pass along some help um but man just you're so damn smart, Matt. It's that home. <laughs> it's that homeschooling. You know, you oh, moved man. up to Ohio. You're in Idaho now, right? Yeah, we uh, we've been in Boise, Idaho area for about three years. You know, decided to move out of California. Love it here. Um, yeah, so it's it's been fun. You know, in the podcasting side, the LinkedIn side, uh, it's just been it's been awesome to kind of get into that journey. And uh, you know, Apex Mindset is the next podcast. You know, and part of the reason we started a second was the reality capture network one is really specific to the 3d technology and the drones and how they can be used in construction. And we didn't want to, uh, really dilute that by bringing yeah, in you've just got a, a typical mindset. And yeah, yeah you so, have your tit, you have your tight niche, stick with it. Mindset's yeah. its own niche. Yep. So, so we really started apex as a really just an overall mindset, this type of journey behind my story, like, helping people get into the minds of other amazing people. Um, you know, we've interviewed Jesse Itzler and Matt Higgins from Shark Tank and, you know, the founder of a, an electric car company, um, an Olympic athlete. Like those are the types of people we're getting on this one to really just dig into their stories and help people figure out like, 
what have these amazing people done in their journey? Most of them came from nothing or from, you know, lower income or from, they didn't start out in money typically. So then you, then it makes you curious, like what's your behind the scenes story. And so that's why I'm excited about those interviews too, is because as you know, after you talk to 20 or 30 or 40 people who have become ultra successful in their field, and by successful, I don't mean just money either, even though most of those people are very wealthy. Um, you're not it, an eight-figure life coach? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it really, by the time you, you know, by the time you take the recipe of all of those people and you figure out what the ingredients were and yeah. you pass that along to your community, you literally can change people's lives because they mm-hmm. can hear, they can hear those pieces of like, oh, Matt Higgins did this. Oh, Jesse Itzler did that. Oh, Matthew Bird, you know, part of my story. What by the time you learn those pieces and you actually start to figure out how can I apply those into what I love doing or what I want to do when I start a business or whatever, and you now are 12 steps ahead of any of those people when they first started. Like they didn't all have these amazing stories or these amazing examples or access to watch them on podcasts or podcasts didn't even, you know, they weren't even around back when they started. We have the ability to learn from so many more people now and then apply that. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot to gain from it. It's amazing how technology's changed things in so many ways. I mean, you can apply it anywhere. Technology has made everything faster, better, stronger, just, you know, but it's also, it's connected everyone, but torn everyone apart as mm. fast as it's connected everybody too. Yeah. So that's, like, that's another crazy thing. Like you think about any, any sport, it doesn't matter what it is. Okay. And the power of just YouTube alone and the being able to make your own video on your phone, upload it onto the internet and have anybody see it. Like you think about Justin oh, yeah. Bieber, like music, Justin Bieber, perfect example. You've got Mac Miller, another good example. You know, you have people that get found. They weren't found in the traditional way of being found, but because they have this talent and the ability to do something, it's it's just remarkable now. Oh, it's you know? crazy. Like hockey kids, to see some of the, the stick handling moves, like you look at the comparison of the game in the early 90s till now, you're just like, oh, shit. You do that with soccer and some of the tricks that are there. I mean, the, some of the stuff that happens just for soccer players would only happen in Brazil or in Spain or in England. You get to see it now because it's on YouTube. You know, like you get to see how these guys train, how these people do things. And it's just, yeah. it's crazy how things have changed. It's everybody can have a podcast now. I saw mm-hmm. a meme the other day that said podcasts are like, podcasts are 2021's babies. Not everyone should have one. <laughs> and I was just like, you know, that I can kind of see that, but at the same time, everybody's going to start somewhere. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you have your, your in-home marketing plan that you don't have to pay for somebody else to do. You just need to take the time in your day to learn it. Whether yeah. you wake up early in the morning, you go to bed late at night, you find a way to make the time to what's important to you. Yeah. So you've, you found a way to be successful doing that. And yeah. it seems like I got to hear your, your interview with uh, Katie the other night. Um, and just, wow, I'm not going to go any farther than that, but that was, that was great. And it's going to be a heck of an episode. You know, it's going to be a heck of just anything when it comes to just how somebody can be life-changing. Yeah. You know, totally. And you're relatable. 
like Kevin said it a few, if, or he said it last week or the week before when we were talking about the masters, it's great to watch guys that play pro golf and you swing the click. Like you can suck at golf, but they, they mess up and hit a shot and it makes you feel better because you're like, man, I hit a shot like that a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah. I put that shit yeah. right next to the pin. Yeah. So it's, it's really, it, it's all up in here. <laughs> we all know that, but it just, it makes you, it, it just makes you feel better. I yeah. guess. Yeah. I mean, and you know, when you're, when you're trying to get into something new or start an entrepreneurship and, you know, and, and I love, I love that I've been through the journey now. I mean, again, I'm not 20 years into this. Like I took that first leap. Uh, we just hit five years. So, you know, that was five years ago and we, we now are a multi-million dollar, you know, company. And now I'm kind of like figuring out the podcasting side. Like it's been a lot in a short amount of time. And there's been a lot of learning curves because I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, we've gone through employees. I, you know, I found where I'm, where my weaknesses are, where my strengths are. And, you know, now we're getting to the point as we grow that we start fulfilling those in different ways and putting people in different places. So it's been a lot of learning curve, but in the short amount of time, I've now like learned so much that I, I feel like I could start any business right now and it would be easy. Like, like I've gone through those headaches and people, before you go through it or before you take that leap and you, you learn and you do some of the failures, you're like, I don't know how to start a business. I couldn't do that. Like, I just need to work for someone. Once you do it, once you do it the first time, you're like, oh, like these are the, these are the pieces. And, and then once you learn how to connect with people and how to sell to people and how to manage, like it's, it's just the same recipe recipe applied in different ways. So we're going to relate to something that this is perfect, dude. I heard, I got to hear, you know, who Manny Fernandez is, mm -hmm. correct? You see, you've got to hear him speak. Yep. Have you, have you done the, or heard him or done the, the, oh, you know, that's the, the, I know game, the, the negativity game, like, oh, somebody sold, somebody told him that I sold all of your money and, or like somebody got into your account and your, your stocks went wild. Like you had identity theft. You're completely broke. He goes, oh, well, that's okay. He's like, because I already did it once and now I can do it again. And guess what? I'll do it twice as fast. Yep. He's like, it's once you create one business that's successful, it becomes an addiction. And then you mm -hmm. want to create more. Oh, and yeah. then you fall in love with the creative, like the creativity part. And then you get to that point where you're, the creativity becomes your giving. And then when you're giving, you're, you're helping people find jobs. You're helping people do something and you're giving them the tools, hopefully, if they're seeing your drive to build on their own. Yep. And that's, that's a good way to live life, man, is to kind of understand like, yeah, that's a shitty moment. Like, Oh, somebody stole all my money. I'm dead broke. And you know, you got a multi-million dollar company. If it went belly up tomorrow, I bet you you do it twice as fast and it'd be three times as big yeah. as what you got. And yep. you already learned, you know, the problems, you know, where to start this time. You won't be asking the same questions you did before, but you'll ask the better ones. Yep. And I guess. Yep. The, and the that's failures. why you just have to not be afraid of the failures. Yeah. Yeah. Because, the failure because is not afraid. It's, <laughs> it's where you learn, you know, you, you, you learn through the struggles. You don't learn from the success. You, yeah. you have mm -hmm. to go through, you know, and it's with everything, right? Like you, you look at everybody who's started businesses, like, yes, there's the one off somebody created an app and then it was worth a billion dollars in a year. Okay. Like flappy bird, okay. Ooh, uh, <laughs> but, flappy bird. everyone who's flappy bird. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but for the, for the most part, you have to struggle through those things and figure them out as you go.
Yeah, I mean, I guess my thing is, is like you said, yes, you to, to create a business, first of all, it does require some money and it does require, most importantly, the mindset. Because like you said, you can have a million ideas, but it, det- it depends on the person that's running the business to make it become successful. It's not the business itself. It's not the money behind the business. It's a person individually who's running it is what makes it for what it is. Because you said like you, you're afraid of failure, but a lot of people can't say that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, that's the biggest thing holding them from starting something like that is because they're afraid to fail. Because let's say if you're in a bad situation financially, you don't want to make that jump to me possibly putting yourself in a worse situation than you were before. Right. For some people, so it's ha- a breaking point though, Kev. That's, exactly. that's the, that's the thing. It's the, yeah. When you don't, yeah. when you feel like you've been handcuffed, it, it gets you. Like you think about all of the differences you have at your job and how you think you might be able to do something different. And 100%. if you say something, if you say something, you get fired and you know that you need it. You don't want that. I mean, for some, it's a breaking point. Like if you just, you reach that, that mode and you're just like, I can't do it. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, we, when, when people talk about starting a business, like the answer is not always quit your job and start today. Like that's not the best way to do it. Um, You know, if you had all the pieces to make that work, like I felt like I did, like I, I was the one who brought in the work. I performed the work. Like I had, I had all the recipe that I was like, if I quit today, that client is probably going to hire me tomorrow instead of going back to the company because they liked me performing the work. So I had that confidence level, but for the most part, when you're, when you're ready to, you make that decision, like I want to start, I want to build a business. If I was going to start over right now, I'm not going to quit what I'm doing. I'm not going to close my business, but maybe in the evenings or whatever, I'm going to start building out that plan of like, okay, here's the next brand. Here's a, and that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm already doing. Like I'm starting this other podcast. I have this idea to grow it into something that I think is going to be really big, but I'm not going to stop my other business or my main job or my, you know, you can start that journey, you know, but it's going to be more work because now your free time, you know, most people enjoy relaxing and watching Netflix and, you know, or whatever, like your, if you really want to build something, you have to now take any extra time you have to learn and start developing and figuring out that process and build relationships and build the brand and start, you know, and so it takes a lot of work. I'm an um, audible see, addict and, and right that's now. a good point though, <laughs> because like you said, everybody wants to watch Netflix or whatever, just relax. A lot of people, even myself have complained about all the free time of staying at home, but when things get back to normal, which eventually they will, you're going to look back at this and be like, damn, I wish I could have done that differently. Because there's a lot of things that you probably could be focusing your mind on doing during this time compared to thinking about all the negatives. Totally. You and know, sometimes uh, I really wish I would listen to myself because there's moments where I, yeah, that was like, good. I, have the, I have the answers, <laughs> but I don't know how to portray it to myself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things that if you research, you'll find that in a down economy or when there's struggles, like right now, that is when some of the most successful and biggest companies of the next 10 or 20 years are going to be created. Because there are certain people who, who are using this time and finding you know, uh, something that a new company 
can do to help the new situation in our, in our world, in our society. And they're taking that leap and that push and putting their extra time to it. And you're going to see the next great companies arise out of this, this past oh, year oh, and yeah. next year. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. 100%. You're going to just, yeah, it's amazing how things society's changed. Sorry, Kevin. I didn't hear no, you. Oh no, you're good. Did, my my audio down, disconnected. The wet down is one of those companies. I know, right? Yeah. No, but it's like, we're saying like, there's going to be a lot of things that are going to be opening up. Like you think about how restaurants are getting attacked and all these restaurants are closing in New York. All these restaurants are closing, you know, just think about the restaurant owners that had to go through that emotional like destruction and think about the time that they can build a new restaurant or a new concept that no one thought about before because there wasn't time to think about. So I'm excited if anything, to see what comes across. Like we're talking about restaurants, any company, you know, there could be a new next big blockbuster that comes back to life. Who knows? Blockbuster? There's one in Alaska, bro. There's one left, but I'm saying like that company <laughs> as a whole got pretty much yeah. destroyed. Understood, like, man. It, it's, there's companies that have gone out of business that could come back and I don't know. It's exciting. I, I, I The world I is know. different for sure now, man. I mean, it is you. You can. It's what you make it. I mean, our our story is not. It's not. It's more the same than it is different to Matt's, but it's still at the same time extremely different. That that two percent difference is what makes it where he's in that studio, and we're right where we are, but we're learning. Yeah. We're trying to be at that point, and that's what it's all about: is that showing up the mindset of staying focused and just getting ready to find the next piece. It's, it's creating what you should for people to help. It's, it's all about giving. I mean, I don't know how many times people say the more you give, you'll get so the more you get, it's just so true. If you just take, take and take, yes. But if you just take, take and take, it's, you don't all, you're never going to have that, that piece. The universe is very forgiving. It'll give you what you give it. And the more you put into it, like Matt himself, I mean, you've got yourself a, a pretty decent family. You're my age, man. You know, touch on dad life for a little bit on us. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you I'm, don't mind. Uh, no, not at all. I'm uh, I'm just now 30 years old and I have a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, a three-year-old and an eight-month-old. Been married 11 years this year. And, uh, you know, I host two podcasts. I run a business. I you know, I still find time for fishing. I, you know, um, people, people talk about the balance, right? Like I've got, I don't know anybody who has more going on than that. Like that's a freaking lot of stuff, but the way that I make it work is just again, even if I go back to the beginning of my story of getting into entrepreneurship, it was about taking the same level of passion and enthusiasm and excitement that I used to have for sports and then music Mm -hmm. and applying that to business. It's learning how to harness that internally and apply it to everything I do. I have to be passionate about my business and the 3D technology and learning and growing and educating and hiring and like, all of that. But then I also have to put the same into my podcast. I can't just skimp and be like, okay, I don't have time. I need to make it crappy. I need to do just audio. I need to No, anything I do. I'm going to take that level of passion and enthusiasm. And like, I want it to be excellent, everything. And then I do the same at home, right? If I get home 
you know, I can't be at work being successful if my marriage is falling apart and my kid, like, I don't even know who my kids are. And so when I'm home, I have to walk in the door and be excited and play with my kids and spend time with my kids and, and my wife. And, you know, and for me, that's my biggest why is my family and my future and my kids growing up. And, you know, I, I want to be able to have a good life with them. And, and then we want to be able to bless other people. We want to have so much money. We can find people that need jobs. We can create jobs around them. We can create different businesses. We can help communities that have, you know, have a bigger need than we have. So when your why I think is, is on point and you have something that you're like, you know, it's worth working hard for, I don't know, for me, I don't even have to think about that anymore. Like I don't get to the point that I, I really want to give up. We've gone through difficulties. There's days that are hard and stuff, but you know, the big picture is, and, and I think a part of it, I probably contribute to the car accident too. The fact that I'm alive, I'm like, anything I go through now could be worse. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I mean, you just also could not be here. Yeah. I mean, everybody has that, like it's the, the, the movie soul really has it connected to you. Right. Like if you died today, like right now, are you complete or would mm-hmm. you be like, or would you really try to hold on? I mean, did you really do everything you say you want to do? People joke around all the time. Like, Oh, I had a good life, but you're not ready to go right now. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah. one really is. I mean, you, it'll make you re really reevaluate things, especially a situation like that. Kind yeah. of everybody has their moment that kind of be like, I don't want to live that life. Yeah. And I think, I think that's why it's important to be all in on everything you do. Because if I was to say, ah, I I can't be home. Like, you know, no, we're not going to spend any time on vacation. Like we're going to spend the next 10 years building the business so that, you know, when we retire, we have a lot of money. Well, there's no guarantee we're going to get to that point. Right. So I personally, I'm like, I think you have to enjoy the journey and you have to put in time on, on everything you do. You know, I, when I go home, I'm trying to be really focused at home, but once everyone goes to bed, I might work again. I might Mm -hmm. start building again. Um, I might put time into that, but I think you, you have to be putting your time into all of those buckets because yeah, you know, you, you don't know when your time comes, right? No, man. And your time management skills really help you with that. I figured out that in order for me to complete everything in my day, I need only between five to six hours of sleep. Sometimes I can, I can roll yeah. off of four That's and people I think I'm for. nuts, but at the same time, I dad nap in the middle of the day, somewhere in, the, in between 15, 20 minutes here and there, put my feet up, get, and I'm recharged. I'm ready to go. Yeah. I'll make it through the rest of the day. And then I got extra work to do and it's time to wind down. Like you, you got all that stuff that's going on up there. You're trying to create, you're trying to build, you're accountable for stuff. It's a lot of, it's a lot of peace that sits on your brain and you're trying to, you're trying to lead, you're trying to be that person. So, you know, what's nice is it sounds like you've built a good crew and I, it looks like that's the support system, the right circle. Um, You know, I, I got to, I got to hear you, you know, you speak with others and, man, like you just, you have that natural gift and it's, it's, this suits you, dude. Like you've, yeah. you've got your piece. It sounds like for sure. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I can see some people and like you're, you're one of them. That's, that's, I will see you in 10 years and it's going to be like, Hey man, I remember that guy. 
and we're all going to know you. Like there's mm. going to be a whole shift of how the world's going to change in the next 10 or 15 years of people to really pay attention for. And there's just onesies and twosies. And we're trying to find those onesies and twosies that are going to benefit everyone. You yeah. might be, you know, and, and I think anybody has the opportunity to do that. You know, even we, we talk about how many podcasts are created, like, uh, is your, is it going to grow into anything? Is it, I think anybody can, um, you know, I like talking about this because you look at some of the biggest influencers in marketing, in social media, in anything, you know, Gary V I absolutely love, but you know, even Gary V has about 10, you know, how many people does he actually touch? How many followers does he have? If we open Instagram or something, I think it's like 10 million. million. Yeah. He's in the millions, man. He's up there. I think he's at about 10 million, but my point is he's one of the biggest, best, most well-known and that's 10 million. How many people are in America? 300 million? More than that. We're in the, we're close to 400 million. Like, I, I mean, like, yeah, five, okay. like 500 million. Maybe, 330 so. million. So, oh, really? so how, so how much room is there for people to build a community and a following and educate people and inspire people? So when you talk about podcasts and you talk, even the biggest people have such a small percentage of the world or America or even your region. Like Mm -hmm. there is so much opportunity that, you know, there's a lot of room for more Gary V's and Grant Cardone's and Lewis houses. Um, But it takes the person who has the vision and has the why and is willing to go through the difficulties. And, you know, I also think you can't be in it for the wrong reasons. Like if you start a business because you want to make money and you don't love what you're pursuing or something, I think you'll fail because it's not enough to get you through the difficult times and and the times that you're banging your head against the wall. (laughs) And those are going to come. You're not going to be super successful, super easy. And just, it's going to be a dream. Like you're going to go through difficulties. And I think you have to be, passionate about what you're going to pursue to be able to get through those things. It's the thinking on your feet and that pivot that really, you know, determines your fight or flight. And I don't know, but these, these, these two guys that are up here and the other ones that help us behind the scenes, they're all, they're all fighters. So we're blessed to have the crew that we do and, and the appreciation for everyone, you, you know, know and I, I think something uh, that something you got to do, like for me, And I always try to evaluate myself. Like, I think there's a lot of things I don't do. Like, even when I hear people talk about, you got to have your goals written down. I actually don't have any goals written down. Uh, You you know, you should journal. I can't journal. Like, there's so many things that I don't do that people say you should. But at the same time, I think maybe I do them in different ways. Like, I don't have my goals written. I don't have a vision board. But in my mind, like, I can see where I think things would should be with the company or where I think my podcast is going to grow to. I think when you mentally organized, you're playing four dimension chess in your head. (laughs) When when you, when you apex mindset, there you go. I think when you, if you can like look ahead five years, 10 years and picture where you want to be and, and picture where you're going to grow your podcast and your community and what are you guys what are you going to do with it where could it be in 10 years that passion for that and the excitement for it is what can make you want to put in another hour and stay up later and sleep less and 
And I think that's why I, I act that way. Like you, you said, Aaron, like I sleep four or five, six hours, I, somewhere in that range, but I could sleep four or three because I get to work and like, I'm excited. Like I love what I do. All of it. I love the 3D stuff. I love the podcasting. I love the interviews. I love meeting new people. I love networking. So I could work forever and I don't get burnt out. And I think it's because the why is big enough and the vision for the future is big enough that it just, it's impossible for me to be tired of it. That's always a good <laughs> thing. Dustin, Dustin, exactly right. Dustin knows that he's, he's getting ready to make that jump out of college. And hopefully this thing is running to the point where his first real job is this, that would be, hopefully. that's, that'd be a great goal to have is that'd that be, all of us dream, are done. Dude. Yeah, all of us are done, and this is where it's sustainable to where we're holding, and it's hell, nice even, to hell. Even if, if even if this is just earning a, a little bit of change on the side, in addition to a full time job, that would be dreamland. And honestly, I think you know, I think if as long as you figure out those pieces that are needed, I would say that's easy. Like from what I've learned and from what I've seen from others, and you know. And the fact, you know, I've been on Clubhouse a lot. I've sat in rooms with Lewis Howes and with Grant Cardone and Gary Vee. I mean, all of them hearing those insights, talking about the how, you know, again, like we talked about earlier, it's really easy to learn. Like you can go, you can go hear from, watch interviews, go on YouTube and find how did people monetize? How did people grow audiences? What you can figure all those things out a lot easier than those that started a long time ago. They had no example. They had no one creating videos, educating them on how. So I think the opportunity is definitely there. Exactly. It was the books. It was always the same thing. A book. All of you. It was a book. Kevin, you got to hear this. Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Everyone will say I, that I book will change their life. You read that book. You listen to that book. Like I said, I'm addicted to Audible lately. Me, me too. And uh, it's on my list. I'm. It's almost embarrassing to say I haven't actually read or listened to that one yet because I've oh, been hearing man. about it for years. But you gotta <laughs> just to. take take eight hours. Put put your pods in. Go down to the river and oh, just yeah. listen. It's you so bring your easy. van down by the river and you're good to go, dude. Man, audiobooks are like life changing because all the problem with audiobooks is. I just got to, I got to like who's talking. Yeah. I've listened to a couple that were hard, but, uh, but still it's so fast and easy to digest a book via audiobook than it is sitting and reading physical books for me, like hands down. I mean, you can, you can listen to a whole book in a day or two if you, if you put it on and listen through and that's, that's crazy. I usually try to man. Like I'll do when I work out, when I go for my run, um when anytime i'm driving just anywhere instead of listening to the radio i'll put a book on um i yep. don't know i i just it depends on the book but right now between napoleon hill and john maxwell and some of the books that i'm going through yeah it's they're they're great i mean i've done the jocko books everybody will say those you got to read those yeah economy of leadership great book extreme ownership great book just it, it really helps you figure out how to i mean you can take the the, the tips and just apply them to whatever, however you want. It's really all about your interpretation. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Napoleon though, Napoleon Hill, the think and grow rich. I always heard people say that book changed my life after listening to it and I've read it, but now I've listened to it. Like I heard it and it's, 
I see why it's changed because mm -hmm. the, the just taking those principles and applying them to life in any way really helps you just, those are your goals. If you can take all of those principles and you write them on a piece of paper and say, those are your goals, like all of those principles, just follow the principles every day. That's your one goal for the day. You will acquire and just whatever is valuable to you, you will make happen from that book just because you followed those those principles. I swear Look, to God. We, we all have homework. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> everybody listening, everybody here. Oh, Dustin, you're on mute. No, I was going to say everybody listening. Uh, <laughs> everybody my, my, my only key advice that I can give to people listening to this or watching it um, is just we can all do things, but just have the mindset to believe in yourself and just actually do it because willing to do something and saying you're going to do it are two different things. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I mean, that's the, that's the key piece is, you know, uh, we talk about this all the time. We could, we could read that book. We could watch an interview. We could learn from all these expert people and, and think about it and listen and know how they did it. But if you don't actually go start applying it and taking action, then it doesn't yeah. matter. We should get rid of should and could out of our vocabulary. Well, well I should well. have done it. Yeah, exactly. That's another well. one. You know, just change the, if you just change your vocabulary with some stuff or the, I don't know, and you just throw yet on the end of that, when you don't know something that should be your cue right then and there that that's just the power of words just convincing your brain over mm -hmm. and over and over again that you're going to go figure that shit out and that's what's well, yeah because it because it builds a mentality within yourself like it might be a you're, you're <laughs> right now in the be oh god you're all right down there big guy <laughs> no oh, what man. i was saying in the beginning it might just uh be trying to train your brain but as it as it progresses it puts the mentality in your head. I will do this. I, I may not know it, but I will know it. But uh, with that, Matt, before we wrap up, would you like to, this is your your time. Would you like to plug Apex Nexus yourself? Where can people find you? <coughs> yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I, it's not that often that there's people who need the technology side. I know that's a niche industry, but you know, our website for the 3D technology stuff is called nexus3d.com. Um, you know, the, the two different podcasts, the one is really focused on the architecture engineering world. That's called realitycapturenetwork.com. And the apexmindsetpodcast.com is the other that's more focused on mindset. Um, you know, LinkedIn, you can find me if you look for Matthew Bird. And uh, Instagram is Matthew Bird official because somebody else had the regular Matthew Bird. Fast, but it's also <laughs> which way? Which way do we spell bird? Though we got to make oh, sure we, uh, we yep. cover that too, guys. So it is B Y R D. Throwing a little zest in there. All right, thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to connect with or at least follow Matthew on LinkedIn to see some great content. But Matthew, thanks so much for coming on, dude. Re really appreciate it. Yeah, look forward to seeing what you guys do. Uh, happy to be a part of it, and I'm sure it won't be the last time. Hopefully not. God, God willing, we will talk to you again soon. Thank you guys for listening to the Wet Down Podcast, episode 26. Don't forget, Thistlethera, the link is in our Instagram bio. Type in the code, the Wet Down for 15% off and free shipping. 
for all of your CBD uh, needs. Overnight. Overnight shipping. Jesus Christ, you see? Free shipping overnight, 15% off. And, and congrats, a, guys. And we, get a we nice didn't use a disclaimer. Back. Exactly. But we didn't use a disclaimer. Congrats, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you guys next week.